Let's talk about the future of news. I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. The state of journalism today. Telling both sides of a, of a controversial story. I think you must be unbiased. It's uh, honesty, fairness, uh, truth. That is our job. That is our job. That is our job. Welcome once again to the Our Man in Stockholm podcast. My name is Philip O'Connor and frankly, who cares? That is of no interest to anybody right now. Uh, over the last few weeks, a little dream of mine has come true. Uh, for many years, big football fan that I am, I've wanted Scandinavia and Sweden in particular to be seen as a possible destination for in particular Irish footballers to come here and to ply their trade. Many of them go as very young men and young women uh, to England and to Scotland and sometimes it can be a very tough and a very unforgiving environment and I would see the club situation here in Scandinavia and as I say in Sweden as being something that could be very beneficial to them. Lo and behold one night I'm sitting here and I get a text message to say that AIK, a club who would claim to be the biggest in Sweden if not Scandinavia, were looking at an Irish player. Now I didn't know the name of that player at the time and the names that were being floated would have been, you know, internationals, you know, senior internationals. Uh, one of the names that wasn't being floated was that of Zach Elbuzedi, who had played under 21 for Ireland twice against Sweden and done very, very well. But he certainly wasn't at the top of anybody's hit list, or so we thought. Uh, just as I was on the way to Japan, uh, the deal was signed. Zach was presented. He didn't make his debut before I went to the Olympics. So it was only this past Sunday that I had the first chance to see him play. So today I went to AIK's training ground, uh, training ground at Colbury, which is um, just off the motorway, the E4 motorway there in the edge of the city. And we sat down to talk about himself, his career, and give this one a good long listen, right? Especially if you know anybody involved in football, especially if you know any promising footballers, because there's an awful lot of what Zach said and how he came to choose the road less traveled that, you know, I can tell people these things, but it doesn't matter. This is this young man's experience. Uh, so far, it's been a very positive one he's had negative experiences in his career as well but um let's leave it up to him to tell his story shall we did you ever think that you would be sitting in stockholm talking to somebody about playing for aik in sweden well i definitely didn't think i'd be speaking to an irish person about <laughs> AIK. Um, now to be fair like if you if you had to tell me two or three months ago that i'd be here i wouldn't have believed it because Obviously, I wasn't playing at Lincoln. Uh, I went on loan to Bolton, and although we got promoted, I wasn't starting games. I was coming on. So, if you had have said to me, AIK, like the the biggest club in Sweden, if well, I think they're the biggest club. Some some other people don't, but um, that they were going to be interested, and in, and I'm going to come here and play, I, I probably wouldn't have believed that. How did this happen? Because when this when words started going around right like usually what happens is if there's ever an Irish player and there's very very few who have mm -hmm. ever come here you know mostly on the women's side Louise yeah. Quinn and Eskinson mostly somebody will always text me and say there's an Irish person coming and I thought of a couple of other names but your name wasn't yeah. on the radar at that point how did they take contact how did they discover you uh, it was to be fair it happened pretty quick like they uh, I think Sean Sean O'Shea obviously the manager here seen me play uh, for Sweden, when we played Sweden for the twenty ones, he yep. was obviously the assistant, and I had two good games. So I think they always, he always sort of kept in, in like following me, um, and I think they were looking for a winger, and uh, he said to to Boyes to scout, like we played this good winger, like just just have a look at him. So he said they watched me twenty over twenty times, like to make sure, um, and then Sean O'Shea, he's obviously good mates with Sean Saint Ledger. So we got in contact with him, and he contacted my agent, um, 
And then after that, it happened pretty quick. Like I, I came over for a few days to have a look at the place, to, for them to have a look at me, me to have a look at the club. And then after like one day, I knew I wanted to, to be here. Um, and then obviously just getting the, the, the final details, but it happened all in the space of three weeks, I'd say three mm. or four weeks. Um, so yeah, it happened pretty quick, but it was just, I'd say it, without them international games, it wouldn't, definitely wouldn't have happened. Mm. I mean, you've been to a few clubs in Scotland and England and your last sort of official club address, if you like, was at Lincoln. But they're all in England and Scotland and, you know, Waterford and Ireland. Yeah. That's, that's not new to us. Yeah. When you came to Sweden, what was it like when you landed here and you were coming to this training ground that we're at now? What was it like when you arrived here for the first time? To train or to move? Yeah, well, to train. Uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's nervous, obviously. Um, going into a new dressing room, wherever it is, it doesn't matter if it's League of Ireland or... Uh, here it's 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 always daunting that first time but um I was excited to obviously see what the place was like. Um obviously I think everyone knows how big the club is so I just wanted to come here and embrace it and, and be open minded that's what my agent said. He said just be open minded um don't be closed off to anything because my head was sort of wanting to stay in England before this sort of happened. Um and then but then as soon as these came in I wanted to come over here and have a look. He wanted me to come over here and have a look and be open-minded. And as I said, after the, the first session, I knew I wanted to be here. What was it about that first session that made you go, okay, I fit in just, here? Uh, just the, the lads. The lads were all like, welcome. And sometimes when you come into a new club, there's one or two egos of, of people that are not very friendly. But everyone was like, as soon as I walked in, it was like, everyone, no one could do enough for me. Um, everyone just made me feel so welcome. And, it wasn't like force. You can tell if someone's forced and everyone was just genuinely nice uh, people. And then obviously going into training and just, just seeing the quality um, and speaking to the manager as well. And he said they needed the sort of player that I am. And, and that's, that's, that's why I wanted to be here. One of the things that people around the club were telling me when you arrived, they were saying, okay, don't have too much hope about him, you know, jumping in straight away, making a big difference. But you have jumped in straight away and you've made a big difference. Yeah. Um, you were sort of, out of season, if you like, you know, Lincoln City season has finished, you had finished up with Bolton and that kind of thing. Was it difficult to come back in and to find that tempo again? Because you found it very, very quickly. Yeah, to be fair, like, oh, I always work hard in the off season. So that's sort of every day I was training and I have a good, um, a good, a good person that I work with to keep on top of me fitness at home. But obviously, match fitness is different. So I came here and gave myself the best chance to, to be able to come in and, and play games straight away, but I, don't, I didn't expect to be able to play 90 minutes after two weeks, two or three weeks of being here mm. because I hadn't played 90 minutes since January when I actually looked back at my games. Like I, was, I was coming on for Bolton, but I wasn't getting 90 minutes. Um, but yeah, I was just, just putting in the hard work and then, as you said, I've, just, I've hit the ground running and, and that's sort of, that sort of keeps taking me further like if if I wasn't playing well it'd be harder to play the 90 minutes because you're getting the with the adrenaline sort of in the first couple of games it's just carrying me through it when I was tired I was just mm. able to keep going um, if we look back at your career to date right because you went to West Brom as a relatively young man how old were you when you went over there I signed when I was either just just turning 15 or maybe 14 and I moved over just after I turned 16. Yeah, so you were quite young going yeah, over there. Was, yeah. there. was Shane Long there at that point? Jonas no, Olsen? he just left. Jonas Olsen was there, yeah. yeah how did you get on with him when he was over there? We didn't really have many dealings because I yeah. was like under 18s. Um, the ones that I had dealings with was Darren Fletcher looked after me mm -hmm. and uh, Johnny Evans. They were like two good pros and 
they they looked out for me. Um, and Ricky Lambert as well when he was there, they were all really sound with me. Um, but I didn't have any dealings really with Olsen because at that sort of time I wasn't even training with the first team at all. So uh, yeah, I didn't really didn't really get to know. He's a good guy. He used to actually play for um for exactly. your garden, wasn't he? Exactly. Yeah. So, I call his biggest rivals yeah, if you yeah. like, you know. So. But what I wanted to ask you about was your career down from West Brom. You're going to a team that was in the Premier League and bouncing up and down to the Championship. And then you end up in Scotland because to get opportunities as a young player, you're being loaned out. How was that? Uh, West Brom or Scotland? Well, you know, when West Brom says to you, look, you're going to have to go on loan here to. I, I was gone. I was left West Brom. I didn't go on loan. I joined. Oh, oh you joined Brom. them there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I left West Brom when I was 19 after three years. Mm. Um, um, I had a different agent at the time and he wanted me to try to play first team football um, and Inverness came in they'd just been relegated from the Scottish Premiership so they were trying to get some young players in and build a new squad um, so I went out, out there and I was excited and then I actually signed on the Friday and got injured in the first game on the Saturday so I was out for like four months and then after that I never really recovered um, just couldn't get into the team and couldn't get like couldn't get my sharpness back or my, my match fitness back um, so then I had a year left on my contract and I, I cancelled it because I wasn't playing games and the manager said it wasn't part of his plan so I was 20, 20 at the time when I needed to start playing games and that's when I ended up uh, at Waterford What was it like was it nice to come out to the League of Ireland or did you feel some guys go back to the League of Ireland and I go back to when yeah. I was young playing football and we had a lad come home from Arsenal who was a fucking brilliant player but he always saw that as like you know he was crushed by the fact that he had to leave England and come back how did you it feel? It wasn't the fact that I was coming home to the League of Ireland because I wasn't even coming home to the League of Ireland the fact was like you're leaving Inverness having in the Scottish Championship having not played many games it, it doesn't look good mm. it doesn't look like like there's not a lot it doesn't look like there's a lot of options after that if mm. you're not that it wasn't good enough but people look at it that it wasn't good enough to play for Inverness in the Championship uh, in the Scottish Championship so um, it wasn't like it wasn't disappointing that playing in the League of Ireland it was just disappointment that I don't know what's happening here I don't know if I'm going to find a club, if, if a club's going to take a chance on me. Um, but then I came home in a week, like a week later, Alan Reynolds was in touch straight away. Um, and he was the first one like straight on to me. There was a few other clubs then that ended up getting interested, but he was the first one on to me. And he said to me, um, you're going to enjoy your football here, you're going to play games. And he, I think he'd seen me play for Ireland, so he knew that I was a good player. Um, but he just wanted me to... To, to come and enjoy my football again and to be fair that, that season was my favourite season so far like I've just I've got so much to thank Alan Reynolds for because as I said coming back from Inverness it didn't look didn't look very good but he gave me the chance and that's probably why I'm here now. When you go back over then to the UK um, did you have sort of you know had you rediscovered your form your sharpness your confidence when you went back over there? In Waterford yeah I, I definitely that helped me get my confidence back just playing games every week. Um, like bar, I dislocated my shoulder in two so I missed like eight weeks of the season. But bar that, I played every game. Um, we knew that Adam Reynolds believed and he said, I got my confidence back. And yeah, I was in the 21s for Ireland. So I had the sharpness, I had the confidence. And then going over to England, I was in a good place. Yeah. Um, the under-21 thing, as you say, is very, very important because yeah. I remember those two games. Roland Nielsen, who used to play for Sheffield Wednesday, yeah, was the manager. The manager yeah. So on one side, I had him in my ear asking me about the Irish team and on yeah. the other side, I had somebody who shall remain nameless asking in the Irish setup uh, asking about Sweden. 
And the Swedes didn't really believe me when I told them that this is not like a standard. Oh, they have yeah. this idea of an Irish team. You were a key part of that team. Um, what was it like playing with those guys? You know, you're coming for the League of Ireland and you're looking at guys around you and you're playing against guys like mm-hmm. Dejan Kulisevsky, who's now at Ju- Juventus, played in that first game for Sweden, yeah. right? And do you look at those guys and you go, Jesus, I'm as good as these fellas, I can do this. Yeah, that's what, obviously when you see the names, you see they're playing, the teams they're playing for, you're like, Jesus, these must be unbelievable players. Like, these must be much better than I am because I'm playing League of Ireland, they're playing Serie A. Um, then you go on the pitch and you realise that the difference isn't isn't um, isn't big, or there's no difference at all. And in them two games, I probably showed that I should be playing at I could be playing at that level. So that was good for me confidence playing against like even playing against the Italian teams. You seen, I think their left back was Pellegrini who just signed for Juventus for like twenty twenty five million. So you see, like they're just normal normal players, normal people, and it's just they've got an opportunity that maybe I didn't have at that time. Um, but yeah, that was that was great for me, confidence to be playing against them people and not just playing against them, sort of excelling against them um, and showing how good I could be. When you think now about, I mean, you represented Ireland, I think you've always said that even though you could play for Libya, that you would prefer to play for Ireland or that Ireland is the goal, yeah. and you haven't considered that. No, you know? um, I think in Libya have approached me a few times, but I wouldn't... I feel Irish and I wouldn't want to take a cap off someone else that feels Libyan because it's obviously happened sometimes mm. uh, to, to Irish people and it's, it's not it's not good, I don't think. Mm. Um, what does your dad say about that? He's, he's fine with that. He, Is he? Uh, yeah, he's, he's lived in Ireland now for over 30 years, so mm. he's an adopted Irishman and he's never put any pressure on me to, to try play for Libya or anything. It's, it's my choice and mm. he's as proud as... He's as proud of me playing for Ireland as he will be for Libya. Um, yeah, he loves. He, co- he comes to the Ireland games. He has his Ireland jersey on. He has the Ireland flag. So he just loves watching me play. Wherever it is, whether it's Ireland, whether it's AIK, whether it's Waterford, he just he just loves me playing and and playing with a smile on my face. That's all he wants is to, mm-hmm. me to just enjoy myself. If we go back even further, would would he be the person who was behind your love of football? Did he play himself? No, it was my brother. Um, we, my dad didn't play, my mom didn't play, um, my brother was just, he, he was football mad when he was growing up, so he played for River Valley, but when I was growing up, say, three, four, five, he was playing for Shelburne, so oh, I, yeah. I grew up sort of going to watch him play, um, and I was just always wanted to play from watching him play, he used to take me out to the green across the road and kick the ball with me, um, and going to watch him in Shells, like, say three or four I, I was dying to play but they didn't have a team for that age um, so I, I actually ended up playing a year a year above so I was playing with the five year olds when I was four um, but yeah it was just him him taking me out to, to play and yeah he, he sort of put that love of football into me When did you realise this is what you wanted to do as a job that you went and that you were good enough to do it as a I'd job? say after the Kennedy Cup because I was playing I started off at Shells and then say like just before eleven I decided, I decided to go back to River Valley and, and just play with my friends and just enjoy football. And River Valley is a little place in Swords yeah, sort of a housing estate there. So going from Shells to Shells is like a massive club obviously. Mm-hmm. Um going to River Valley was people would probably say it's a step down, but I just wanted to enjoy my football and it was only like nine at ten. So mm-hmm. then uh went to Malahoyd because our team broke up um, and then I wouldn't say 
when I was at Malahoyd, I didn't think that necessarily like, I could make a career out of it. But then I got selected to go to the NDSL, with the NDSL to the Kennedy Cup. Um, and I got, I had a good Kennedy Cup. I got t- into the team in the tournament and I got a few trials from that. And that's when I also I started. So I played for Ireland. Um, and yeah, that was when I started to sort of believe that I could, I could go across the water and, and try and make a career out of it. It's one of those things that once that happens, when you're playing a tournament like the Kennedy Cup, there's yeah. a huge youth tournament here called the Gothia Cup. I don't yeah, know if you've ever yeah, played it. About, yeah. It's massive. I've yeah. seen Duncan Ferguson managing Everton really? teams down there, teams from you know from the Dutch lead. And that's when, you know, there's loads of agents down there starting to go, you know, okay, oh, this mm-hmm. one, you know what I mean? did, did you have that? Did you have oh, this Zach boy? He did really well there. We'll try and get him. Did you have a lot of those guys? Yeah, I had like, uh, I didn't have, Malahoy, to be fair, done, done a good job of like protecting me from that. Um, and they had a, an agent that they, they sort of trusted. Um, so they put him in contact with my family and he was my first agent that I signed with um, because they, they sort of trusted him and, and from meeting meeting him with my family, um, we trusted him. So he was good as, as my first agent. So I was, I was sort of well protected from some of like the vultures that you'd, you'd see mm. circling. Um, but uh, yeah, as I said, after the Kennedy Cup, like the, the trial started, but Malahoyda with all that, they were actually really good. They, they saw it, it could probably be, for some families going from not having any trials, it can probably be daunting when there's, some cl- a lot of clubs circling around you. There's age and circling, but Malahide managed all that. What trials did you go on? Just as a matter of interest, I went to Aston Villa, Norwich, Sheffield United, uh, West Brom, uh, Preston. Well, I went. To think there was a few others. I can't remember the others, but then there was other clubs as well that were like interested. Some bigger clubs, but then. I had some concrete offers from West Brom, Aston Villa and Norwich, so it was sort of that time that we needed to decide. Mm. Does that thing, like everybody you see is, oh, Zach, he's a professional footballer, and everybody thinks you're a fucking millionaire. And, yeah. like, like, um, and I do know people who've gone from here uh, to, from here in Sweden to England, and they've become sort of financially independent overnight. What's it like for somebody coming from Malahide United? Do you get, you know, did they give, pay a million euros in a lump sum and 50 grand a week? Oh, no, 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 I was going out of it. <laughs> I, I went over and you're going over as a scholar, obviously, mm. so you're on like 100 quid a week, which is, for me, that was a lot of money because I wasn't used to getting paid, um, but then when you think about it, it's, it's really not a lot, mm. um, so yeah, I did a year scholarship and then a two-year pro, but even as a two-year pro, West Brom are like high payers, um, for me it was like high pay because I was thinking, because I was used to getting no money. But then you look at like you, you hear about what other people are getting, so and it's it's not really a lot, and I think that's just West Brom's model. Mm. They don't want to give people too much too young, which is good. Like you say, you hear about people at like say Chelsea, and they've not had a, a professional appearance in any of the leagues, and they're on like ten, fifteen grand a week, which mm. is crazy, and they're like sixteen years old, and it's too much too soon. So I'm actually kind of thankful that I was I was brought up the way I was through West Brom that. I didn't get I didn't get anything handed to me and mm. I was sort of made to work for whatever I do get. There's a great book. Nicholas Bentner wrote a, a, an autobiography with a Danish journalist that I read, and that exact thing that you're saying about like all of a sudden getting all this money, mm. and it wasn't the money per se. It was what he was able to do with the money that absolutely destroyed yeah. him. And he had all these hangers on, and he was paying you know top dollar for these penthouse apartments yeah. and that kind of thing. You know, I remember another agent telling me as well that you know when you have a young player like yourself, get one of everything, right? One house, one mm. car, one woman. 
because as soon as you've you know two or more of any of those things you're in trouble and when you come to Sweden here, uh, this is a league that pays reasonably well, right? I think the average wage uh, in some of the clubs now is about €9,000 a month, which okay. is con- yeah. a considerable sum of money. Like, Do you feel appreciated here financially? Are you happy with what you're getting here? Or do you think this is you know, a sort of a stepping stone in six months you want to be somewhere else? No, no. I, I signed the three-and-a-half-year deal. So if I'm here for that three-and-a-half years, I'll obviously be delighted because, as I said, the size of the club is, is massive and I'm privileged to be here. Like... As I said two or three months ago, if you had have said to me you're gonna be here, I would have said no chance. But now um, I'm not looking at this as a as a stepping stone or anything. It's yeah. the biggest club I've ever been at, and I'm just privileged to be here. When you think of places like Inverness, and you know, with all respect to the wood, I love the League of Ireland. Waterford's a smaller club yeah. in the League of Ireland, right? You came over here, and I think in your second or third match you were playing in a derby against you going in here I I was in Japan at the time so I wasn't actually at that game how many people were at that match and what what was the atmosphere like 9,000 but obviously it was just you Gordon fans we didn't have any it was in the Tele Arena we weren't allowed any supporters at the game Um, I don't know why because I think the game before we, we played it was our two games before we played our real away and we were allowed to bring supporters. Yeah. So I don't know what, what the story was with that, but it was, uh, it was crazy. It was hostile. Like I've never seen anything like that in my life. Like you have Seb taking corners and they're on top of him throwing drinks at him, <laughs> spitting at him. Like it's just crazy. But yeah, we obviously we won 4-1. And for myself, it was a bit of a difficult game because it's, it's my first derby. So it's it's, it's it was just crazy atmosphere and the the occasion but we got to win and that was important like obviously we would have loved to have our supporters there but just being in front of our supporters sort of in the Lions then it was just our squad say 20-25 people against 9,000 crazy supporters so it was it was nice to get that that 4-1 win and and sort of celebrate in front of them. <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a baptism of fire, yeah, yeah. but luckily you have people like Alexander Milosevic, who used to play for Darren Sutton in Germany, he's played for Nottingham Forest. You have Mika Lustig, who's played many, many old firm games. Yeah. Do these guys help you a little bit? They say, okay, Zach, shut that out. Go do your thing, kind of thing. Yeah, they... like a few, the lads had spoke to me before the game and, and told me how important it is to the supporters, obviously, this game. Um, because obviously, before I come here, you, you don't hear about the, the rivalries here yeah. um, obviously a new AIK and you know like Malmo because they've been in Europe but I didn't actually know I never heard of you Gordon I never heard of Hammerby so then when I come here Henock actually spoke to me about how big these games are and how important they are um, but yeah it was just they told me to just sort of play my normal game but obviously yeah. what the supporters want is maybe if you're having a bad game you're still trying and you're still running and you're still trying to help the team so that's what that's what I was trying to do um, and as I said the most important thing was just to get the to get the result when you talk about playing your normal game for people who haven't seen you play what is your normal game what do you like to you play on the right wing yeah. what do you like to do when I you get like the ball just get on the ball just run at people take people on um, and obviously that's when you're playing higher up the pitch and maybe you're risking it more sometimes you can lose the ball and sometimes you can have games where it's not working out for you um, but yeah I like to just run at people challenge people um, put teams on the back foot get crosses in and 
and score goals and set up goals. There's a lot of people have commented on your crossing. I commented on myself on Twitter on Sunday, both with your left foot and your right yeah. foot. Is that what you've been asked to do here? Or you know, have they told you, look, just go out there and, and do your thing? No, they, they want me to, to get in 1v1 situations and take people on and when the chance comes to get crosses in, but not force it. Um, so sometimes I do turn back and, and keep the ball. Um, but yeah, if to be fair, like Bartos, the manager, and Andreas have, have just said to me when I get the ball, just be positive with it. Bartos said to me he wants me to, he doesn't want me to play safe. He wants me to, to look forward and, and try beat people and, and just play my normal game. So it's been brilliant. Like they've they've given me the the confidence and the freedom to express myself when I do get on the ball and all the lads as well. Like they want me to just just run at people and mm-hmm. and, and take people on, which is good. Uh, Stephen Kenny as a manager has had an awful lot of confidence for you in the past do you sort of think now I know it's a very early four or five games in but do you think to yourself I'm doing this because I want to get back into I want to get into the senior team yeah I want, I want to play for Ireland um, that's not the reason I'm doing this obviously I want I want to play here and, and me, me focus right now is 100% here um, I've said it's my dream to obviously play for Ireland that would be unbelievable if it happens but if that's like if that's what I'm thinking about right now, it's it would it would sort of take away from probably my performances here, and then in turn it would take away from my chances of getting into the international team. So that's out of my control. All I can I can focus on is, is playing well here, and hopefully Stephen or Keith or or the new coach that's brought in are, are watching the games and they're impressed by by what this what they see, and and I think if I'm playing games, then hopefully it's only a matter of time before I get in there. What's life like for you here in Stockholm? You're living in Kungsholmen, which is not too far away from here. Uh, the club fixed you up in an apartment. You were yeah. telling me the other day that they've been very good to you. Do, you. do you enjoy getting up in the morning here? Do you enjoy going to work? Do you enjoy going home? What do you do? Yeah, day? like I love, I love coming in and training, and obviously, and I go home, um, sleep. Um, go man, hen or go out. Yeah, I, can... <laughs> I go to there's a there's a ham shop beside me. I go in and get me stuff in the shop, and then I. I like cooking, so I like making myself a nice meal and that. Um, and then yeah, just chilling out. I've I've walked around a bit around around Stockholm and that. Um, but yeah, just I just like I'm I'm simple. I like I like the easy things. Just just chilling out and cooking myself a nice meal. Um, you gave me a couple of words of Swedish the other day, which I was very surprised with. You know, you're only here about three weeks, and you already speak better Swedish than half the Irish people here. Like, you know, how important is it to you to to learn the language, to use your time to do something constructive yeah, outside the business? Definitely, I'll try my best. To learn. I know it's a tough language to learn, but I'm living in 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 the country in in Sweden, so I might as well try and learn that language out of respect. Um, mm-hmm. I think. It'd be disrespectful of me to come here and, and just expect everyone to, to speak English, even though they do speak English, it would be to not try to not try and learn the language would be would be disrespectful. So I'm gonna try my best um to see what happens. And I'm not making any promises that'll be fluent. But I, I was just thinking of whatever you do, don't ask Lustig to yeah, teach anything. Oh no, he was trying to teach me today. Was he teaching yeah, swear words, was he? No, he wasn't. He was just he was slagging the way we say our oars. Yeah. <laughs> that's a bit, he was once uh, captured after the national anthems I can't remember it was a way to Bulgaria or Romania somebody like that but he was once caught using the C word on television oh, okay, right. he, he has a habit of doing this oh, so don't take any instruction from him you know? 
Um, one of the last questions I'd like to ask you is to do with um, your physical form, right? Apparently, when you were at Bolton, it was discovered that you had the strongest glutes on the north side oh, of the Liffey. Is that I'm correct? I'm Doyle saying this. <laughs> that is exactly who said that. No, Where does that come from? I always, every morning, I do my glute exercises just, just for activation. So I, was, I think he was used to seeing me in the gym every morning. And then he just, out an hour, he was like, you must have the strongest glutes in North Dublin. So every time I see him, he says it to me. But he sent me the message just before the game kicked off the other day. So yeah. make sure you ask him this question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I can just, uh, just to round off, um, if you look back on you know your time in Waterford, your time in West Brom, maybe when you felt, oh, this is not going to work out for me here, how much better do you feel now compared to that time? Yes, unbelievable. Like I'm always happy. Every footballer is happy when they're playing. Um, but I think I play my best when I when I am happy and I'm enjoying myself. Um, and as I said, the, the seasons that I've enjoyed the most of the seasons that I've been playing, so the Waterford season was most enjoyable and I'm loving it here now because I'm playing games and I feel wanted and I feel welcome and I feel like the manager what the manager believes in me and, and wants me here and I've been other places where you don't have you feel like you don't maybe it's 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 not true but you can you sort of feel when a manager doesn't want you um, and it's not a nice thing to feel you for me I just I just want to be wanted and I want a, a manager that has that belief and that's what I feel like I have right now so just loving it, just loving it. Everything's been unbelievable so far. And lastly, um, your under-21 teammates, the lads you played with in Waterford, because there's very, very few people have taken the step that you have taken. Mm. You know, Now, in hindsight, do you think, Jesus, I don't know why other people haven't come to Sweden to play? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's people not coming or maybe the opportunity hasn't, hasn't arose for some people to come, but I definitely recommend it. If, I, I said I've always been open to, to coming to to play in Europe and, and experience in it. Um, and I think more Irish people should be. Like you see, obviously Josh Cullen's in Anderlecht and he's doing well. Conor Rowland's been to a couple of different European clubs mm -hmm. and done well. And I think some Irish people are too fixated on, on playing in England or Scotland. Um, I think the, the sort of new crop of Irish players we have are, are good technical players and maybe European style of football might suit them more. Um, so it's definitely something I think that people should be open to and, and uh, shouldn't turn their nose up at it because there's, there's more to life than, than football in England. That's a perfect way to end it. We yeah. live it there. Yeah. Thanks very much. No